You know the drill. You're making out. You start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy single-use silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's your position podcast? All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. On today's episode, we're talking with Alexandra Harbushka, founder and podcast host of Life with Herpes. You guys want to hear a joke? Always. Yeah. This one, I'm... S- just, just do it. What do you call an, instre- an incredibly strong STI? Hmm. What? what do you call an incredibly strong STI? Donkey cum Herpules. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> and now, with love from Huntington Beach, your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to a full frontal episode of What's Your Position podcast, where we discuss... STIs in in general herpes. We're talking about the herp. We're talking about the little red bumps. We're talking about the cankers. We're talking about the lifelong STI viral infection that you can get that actually so many fucking people have. Yeah. There is an estimated uh an an estimate that says 75% or two thirds of the population has HSV1 and 50% of the population has HSV2. So for those oh. of you who don't know, HSV1 is herpes simplex virus one, and that is cold sores. That's oral herpes. Um, you can get oral herpes from sex, from kissing. You can get it from sharing chapstick you can get it from kissing you can get it from your mom you can get it from (laughs) your mom you can get it from friends um it does not need to be something that is transmitted through romantic acts alone and there like i said an estimated two-thirds of the population has hsv1 hsv2 is the genitalia variety of herpes it is herpes simplex virus 2 and it is transmitted through um, genital to genital contact and exchanging of sexual fluids during uh, sex acts so oral sex vaginal sex anal sex mutual masturbation all the good stuff uh and 
I didn't realize up until very recently that the likelihood of transmission of genital herpes um, is actually just as high when you are not having an outbreak. So when you're not seeing a canker or a sore on your genital region, um, you can still transmit the virus through what is called viral shedding. Uh, and if you have a high enough concentration of the virus in your body, um, that virus lives in your cells and you're shedding skin cells all the time. And so if you are interacting with individuals um, sexually and you have herpes, you could actually transmit that um, even without an outbreak. So um, herpes is uh, lifelong. You get it, you have it. But also, as I like to tell my students, it's probably the least complex and the mm -hmm. least likely to cause you any sort of health complications unless you're immunocompromised and then any open sore um, can just be an invitation for infection and bacteria to grow. But as far as infertility is concerned, as far as death is concerned, as far as um, leading to other infections is concerned, herpes is, is, is typically one of the least aggressive uh, types of STIs. Um, it sucks. Uh, aesthetically, uh, visually, it's it's not fun for individuals who have herpes. I don't want to diminish the feelings or um, the frustration of anyone who struggles with that. But, um, you know, it's it's out there. So many people have it, dude. I looked up celebrities that have herpes. Mm -hmm. The list is, I don't, I really, oh my God, like, well, it makes sense. So Derek Jeter. I was just going to say, because I, I know we talk about that during the interview. Yeah. And ever mm -hmm. since we freaking were talking about that, I'm binging 30 Rock on Hulu right now. And there's ads because I'm not going to pay more for that. Anyway. <laughs> Fact. Every, there's this like one, I think it's like Allstate or Progressive, some insurance ad where they're like, we need like a, like a home run, like right away. We're going to call Derek. And it's like, no, not you, Derek, <laughs> Derek Jeter. <laughs> and then he goes and he's like, yeah, suit this one out, rookie. Yeah. And I just suit think it's so out. fucking funny. Now I can't think of him any other The way. crazy thing is he had genital herpes and he dated some of the most famous actresses. He yeah. dated Jennifer. Um, and gave it to him. He, yeah. He <clears throat> dated Jessica Biel. And Jessica um, Alba and Scarlett Johansson and Madonna and J-Lo mm -hmm. and all of them have it. And so then now they've just basically assumed all of the partners after those people now have it. Yeah. So like all 1500 Justin Timberlake, Didn't you say it, did you say something like he's had sex with 1500 people or something like that? Or I did I, not, but she may have. So keep yeah. And then Usher is another person who has genital herpes and has actually gone to court. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. of, uh, he, like, he knew he had herpes and he still had unprotected sex with people, which, I, you know, I kind of feel like you're a grown-up, you know? Yeah. Like, you're going to have sex. Like, use use protection. Like, ev I don't care if it's with Derek Jeter or with Usher. Like, use a condom, especially with a celebrity. Like, I just feel like that's just oh, dude. bad yeah. form. Like, yeah. what, like it's a sports star, celebrity, they, you, I mean, you, think you, you can use that for good or evil. And I know <laughs> probably a lot of men lot use of people, that for yeah. evil. Well, for so sure. apparently so do a lot of, I mean, no one is suing Bob down the street because he gave them genital herpes. Right. Right? Like, yeah. You're not suing your ex-boyfriend because he gave you genital herpes. You're suing a famous person because they have money. money. Right, right. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of fucked up on both sides, in my personal fucking opinion. Um, 
what do you think? What do you have? You have a thought? You look no? like you have a thought. No, I'm just really itchy right now. <laughs> Why are you itchy? Because <laughs> I got a new tattoo and oh. there's a bunch of mosquitoes and now I'm thinking about it and it's making me itchier. I fucking hate it. And, like, yeah. and, and we're talking about sores. And we're talking about sores. It's like, Sorry. you know, Shit, like try I'm not to get right. Itchy. Oh, I'm itchy. Are you itchy? And now I'm itchy. Are you itchy, now, listener? I'm so sorry. I apologize. And now the listener is itchy. Don't you think know about how itchy you are. Let's scratch another itch. I have uh, something for you. It's my start of the day. It's my start of the day. It's my start of the day. It is. It's my fucking stat of the day. Now I just cannot stop scratching. Um, so it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> mm. So the stat of the day um, is how many years has herpes simplex 2, genital herpes, been around? How far back can we trace? Now, I will give you a hint. I didn't give our guest a hint, but I will give you guys a hint. Herpes simplex 1 has been around over 3 million years. What? Oh, yeah. They can trace it back over 3 million years. Since we were... Human beings. Yeah. So take that information and do with it what you will. But I need you to tell me right now how many years genital herpes has been documented or we have known about genital herpes. How far back we can trace it. I'm going to say 6.7 billion years. Okay. The, the, I think that is the uh, age of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Earth had herpes. Earth definitely. Exactly. Yeah, earth yeah, has still does. Yeah. I'm just going to say the same. No, 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 no. I mean, as what you said oh. for oral herpes. Oh, over 3 million? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I think I the gave only, such a specific answer. 3 million years. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like if, because they obviously couldn't, there's no written no. history of that. So they have to probably look at the virus <clears throat> and I'm sure there's ways that they can date yeah. viruses when yeah. they came Fossils. They can look at fossils. They can look at, I don't know, can they look at the <laughs> DNA inside a bone marrow? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not they a neurologist. <laughs> Why would you like to change your answer? Oh, because <laughs> Earth is only 4.5 billion oh, yeah. years old. <laughs> it's not even. Oh, my God. So herpes, we're just going to erase the billion and pl- replace it with million. Okay. So you're going yeah. with 6.7 million years. Okay. Million. I'll say three. Three million. Okay. Three million. Good guesses, guys. Good guesses. Um, our guest <laughs> said forever. Adam and Eve. And then she said Adam and Eve. And then she said. Yeah, but wouldn't Adam and Eve be like 2,000 years, years ago? Well, so. she said it was like. 500 BC, BC oh, which oh, is like oh, 2,500 right. years ago. Right, she did correct herself. Um, so I'll tell you the answer when we come back, uh, when it, and it might surprise you. Um, but yeah, STIs, especially things virally, they've been around for a while, um, and they usually get transmitted from animal to person. So I will tell you both that herpes, um, genital herpes, is actually also found in... What species? Koalas. No, that's chlamydia. What was that, honey? Monkeys. That's right. Apes. The great apes of the world have herpes. Koalas have chlamydia. So we got it from Koalas have chlamydia. It's it's very alliterative. Um, But apes have viruses that we can also get. So um, 
you know, this is just another way of showing how we are not that far off from our animal species friends. We share like 99% of our DNA with monkeys and viruses can hop from animal to human. Not sexually, you fucking fucks. That well, is not how this happened. <laughs> no. How, so how did it happen then? Blood. The same way HIV, same way that HIV is transmitted from, like from animal to person, hunting, eating, eating okay. coming in contact, shedding, okay. viral shedding. Right. People aren't yeah. fucking monkeys. I mean, I'm sure that they are, but this say. is not like <laughs> this is not the reason no. for the spread no, of no, no, the no. virus, right? No. So we're talking today to Alex Harbushka, and she is the founder. Alexandra. Alexandra. Thank you. She did correct me and tell me. Yeah. Yes. Alexandra. Mm. I don't know why I always want to shorten people's names Wait, for them. Wait, just read you that one part. As if... Just say that, that we're talking to Alexandra again. I don't want to. Fine. Put it down. I'll cut it out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we're talking today to Alexandra Harbushka, who is the founder of um, an amazingly comprehensive website called lifewithherpes.com. Um, if you feel like you may have herpes, she has a website that you can go and put your symptoms in and a doctor will let you know if he thinks it's herpes or not. She has a frequently asked questions page where a doctor will talk to you and tell you if she thinks that your questions are um, easily answered by this web page. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. She has a blog where she talks about all different types of herpes, how you can get it, what can make you more susceptible. Um, She has a blog for partners of people who have herpes. She has uh, this thing called the Secret Society, uh, where if you are diagnosed with herpes and you want to join a group of individuals who also have herpes and talk about it, talk about your outbreaks, talk about things that may trigger it, like foods or exercise. Um, She has this great, great, huge, vast um, connection group of people um, that you can reach out for support. She has a supplements page. She is working on CBD products um, that she is putting together to help with some of the symptoms of herpes. Um, Herpes is not curable. And about 1.5 million people a year are diagnosed with genital herpes. Now, unfortunately, according to the CDC um, and according to Alex, she has done her research as well as according to Alexandra and the CDC, uh, about 90% of the people who have genital herpes don't know that they have it. So the number of individuals who gets diagnosed annually is probably quite higher if we were able to diagnose everyone who has it. But not everyone has an outbreak when they get Right. The virus. Not everyone's body turns the virus into blisters that are seen or into blisters that are um, noticeable. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're on a different part of your body that you may not necessarily look at and say, ah, that's herpes. You might be like, oh, that's an ingrown hair. Um, and then not everybody has an outbreak that takes them to the doctor, that those symptoms are, are alarming enough for them to go see a doctor. And a lot of doctors right now in America, if you aren't having an outbreak, they're not testing you for herpes. And this has a lot to do with how much it costs to test a body for a virus mm-hmm. in the blood, especially if you don't have a lot of viral load. So if you're just taking a normal test tube sized amount of blood out of your body, you may or may not see the virus right then and there in your fucking right forearm in that vein. The virus may be elsewhere. Oh. It's not equally distributed throughout your body. Mm. So you may not see it in a blood test, which would be a waste of a test. Um, so they would much rather diagnose you via a swab of a sore to see if that sore comes back positive mm. for the herpes virus. So a lot of people who don't experience symptoms aren't getting these tests done because they're not regular 
everyday tests. So if you've been exposed to herpes, knowing you know someone has had it and then you had sex, unprotected sex with them, shout out to Laurels. <laughs> we love laurels. Yep. Uh, then you could call your doctor and perhaps ask for that test to be done, but it might have to be paid outside of your insurance, just as an FYI. Mm. Yeah. Oh, right. But like, as Alexandra was saying, like, it's not necessarily only going to be on the genitals, though. Like, mm-hmm. So you could yeah. still, you could have sex with a condom and still technically get it. So that's one of the frustrating things about herpes is that because it is a shedding viral disease and because the sores aren't necessarily on the parts where condoms or laurels protects, you can be exposed to herpes um, by dry humping. You can use condoms and still come in contact with a sore. And you can also, an individual with herpes can actually give you herpes just through the viral shedding and not through um, contact with a sore or with the fluids at all. So um, if you know someone has herpes and you have sex with them and you want to go to your doctor and say, hey, I had sex with someone who had herpes and I'd love to get a test, they may or may not test your blood for it, but they will probably tell you to wait until you have an outbreak Especially also because herpes is not deadly. Right. And herpes also does not cause health complications. The test for them isn't worth the cost. Except yeah. for ocular. Right. Okay. So, yeah, we did talk about ocular herpes. Um, but if you're experiencing vision problems, obviously your doctor is going to test you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not going to not have signs of ocular herpes. Like right. Right. No, no, no. Of course. You start feeling symptoms of blindness. Go see your fucking ophthalmologist optometrist shout out ryan (laughs) my brother's an optometrist (laughs) um so we're going to uh take a quick bizzle uh break and we're going to come back with our full interview with alexandra um where we get into her website We talk about breaking the stigma. We talk about education versus treatment, her line of skincare products, um, how there's been an increase of HSV-1 on the genitals, um, so transmission of oral herpes to the genitals. Um, We also talk about how she found out that she was diagnosed with herpes and how that changed her life. Join us. We'll be back in just a minute. A hot pop pop at a stove When she work in the flame and never get cold The only place on earth I know It gets hotter when the sun goes down Oh my my shout out Lucy Oh woman what it is you do too Forbidden fruit the show is juicy I've been coming around, coming around Oh my my shout out Your Position podcast wants to hear from you. Call 513-6969-SEX anytime and leave us a message. 
Maybe you have a question about anal. You have a fact about fisting. Or you just want to say, Hello, fellow human. 513-6969-SEX. Call us. We will play your message in an upcoming episode. That's 513-6969-739. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Welcome back, fellow humans. We are joined by Alexandra Harbushka, who is going to talk to us about her life with herpes. Uh, what a brave and amazing thing to bring to the table. I got to say, I got an email again from a random <laughs> podcast like, hello, we think that this person would be a great fit for your podcast. And sometimes I get these emails and I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to somebody about hair serum or like <laughs> about, you know, so like shoe inserts. I'm good. Um, but when this one came across my email and it said, this individual has started um, a blog, they have started a society for individuals who are diagnosed with herpes and they are trying to smash the stigma surrounding HSV2 herpes, genital herpes. Um, I I immediately hopped on board and was like, I got to get this lady on my show. Like this is an incredible thing to talk about. So we have a, a podcast host, a entertainer, a sex educator, um, a blog author, a wellness product advocate and creator, a businesswoman, a mother, a wife. We have Alexandra with <laughs> us today who is going to talk all about her journey with genital herpes. And we're going to break down some myths and talk about some stigmas that maybe um, don't need to really exist anymore in the world of herpes yeah. and in our in our commonplace world. So first and foremost, Alexandra, we absolutely appreciate you being here today, being vulnerable, vulnerable and being willing to talk to us. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about different topics. I'm excited just to get into it. And, and Hell yeah. Let's Let's, let's go. talk about the stigma. Yeah. Let's... So <laughs> if you could, and I, I know you've probably told this story a thousand times, um, give us the cliff notes. Tell us your story, um, how you were diagnosed, mm -hmm. uh, what happened when you were diagnosed, and then talk to us a little bit about the impact that that had on your life then. And then we'll talk about your life now. Yeah. Well, nobody thinks they're going to get herpes or nobody thinks they're going to get an STD. Even, even if you're like, you know, out there and, and, and having fun, you still don't think you're going to get an STD. Yeah. And you never think it's going to happen to you. It's not going to happen to me. And it, this is such a good example of how the, a boyfriend, if you were in a monogamous relationship, you would not get herpes period. Like that was just my belief. I believed, I also believed that I could look at someone and like, well, of course he doesn't have herpes because sure. I like him and I wouldn't like anybody that has herpes. Right. Because so, it's, it's written on their forehead. <laughs> right. Or, exactly. Or anyone with herpes is unlikable. Right. I had this, this thought process of the, the guy that would have herpes would be Marilyn Manson looking. Mm. Right. And who knows? It's actually interesting that you're saying that because do you want to know, uh, I looked up celebrities that have genital herpes. Oh. Do you happen to know one of the most prolific celebrities that has genital herpes who gave it 
to apparently who gave it to like 15 female celebrities. Do you know this person? I do. And now I can't, uh, um, the baseball player. Yes. He plays Um, baseball, which is hilarious. Is it a rod? No, 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 no. Super close, same team, just the one. Dieter? Yes, it is. Thank wow. you, thank you, husband. The Kevin would give the baseballs to win. Yeah. Uh, Derek Cheater actually is mm-hmm. one of the most well-known celebrities with herpes, and you look at that man and you just think, right. hot. Good looking dude. Right. Baseball. Right. But he actually is uh, baseball. He's actually known for transmitting genital herpes to Scarlett Johansson, Jessica Alba, um, Jessica Beale, who then transmitted it to Justin Timberlake. um, JT? Um, Jake Tizzle? Uh, Yeah. And it's so it's like, and I'm not even saying this to like shame Derek Jeter. You have genital herpes. You fucking have genital herpes. But this is something that is so commonplace that even a Hall of Fame. World Series ring holding famous, amazing human being has genital herpes. And I think that that's something that everyone needs to kind of understand is that it happens to everybody. Literally everybody. Literally everybody. Kind of like when HIV came around and then all of a sudden Magic Johnson got it and people were like, whoa, shit. This is an issue. This This could really happen. I'm concerned about this. Mm. This is a thing that everyone can have. So it's interesting that you say, like, I thought I could look at someone and know that they've got herpes. Like, you look at Derek Jeter and you don't think herpes. You think amazing RBIs, home runs, and great ass. Like, great ass and baseball pants. Honest to God. Same thing with Usher. Right. Usher too. Uh, Usher has no. given it. Usher actually had to go to court. I yeah. read this too. No, Andrew, you and I. God damn it, we could do a I, great podcast on this. <laughs> I read this about Usher that he actually has court cases that are mm-hmm. open because women are suing him for, for not herpes? disclosing oh, his herpes. Yep, yeah, that's messed up. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have, Interesting. Have any? Have they won any against yes. him? Yeah. Oh wow. I'm sure, oh, or settled out of court. I'm sure. Right. 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 Settled out of court. They're like, give sure. us. Five hundred thousand dollars, or just or like take care of our medical bill or something. Yeah, right. One million dollars. So million. On, on that subject, I'm actually not a big fan of suing the person that gave you herpes, and I get asked this question a lot. What if they and, knew and they didn't tell you? Well, here's what my if- thought process: is if if you are a competent adult, meaning you know you're you're able to make decisions, you're over the age of eighteen, you know we're, we're not missing something and can't make our own decisions. You are aware that there's a risk when you have sex. Right. Yep. Right. And so it takes, it's 50, 50. It takes two Mm -hmm. people, right? You can't, you don't like just accidentally have sex. You could accidentally. There's a lot that has to happen, you know? Yeah. I fell yeah. and the dick went inside. Right. Okay, so what about, what about this? What if, uh, one person asks the other and they say no. How do you prove and that in then, court? That's what well, I'm that's, like, I don't even know. I've never even thought about yeah. the, the the legalities or the validity of taking somebody to court. Right. Because of an STD. It's like going for defamation. Like you need a lot of evidence. A lot of evidence. Right. Like yeah. you would need to have like text messages that say, hey, are you clean? Do you have any STIs? No, I'm completely clean. I have no STIs. Right. And, and then, then have need prior proof. knowledge. Right. You'd need proof of prior knowledge where he said something like, right. oh, I have herpes and I'm just not going to tell anyone. Yeah. Like, no, in that sense, I definitely agree with you, Alexandra. Like it, if you're a competent adult, like you should be aware of the risks you're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's always going to be a risk. Even, even if you're in a monogamous relationship, there's always right. some sort of risks associated with it. And 
you go into court, let's say you're opening up Pandora's box because you have to go through your entire sexual history because they yeah. want to prove, well, um, how did we get it from this person? How, how about how all do you know that you people? Didn't get it from right. It. That's the other thing, yeah. especially with mm-hmm. herpes. I mean, it could, you might not have an outbreak for yeah. a year, yeah. three years. Oh yeah. Five years. It could lay dormant for a Definitely. while. And individuals who have one outbreak, it, they may not have another outbreak for years. And if they don't recognize that first outbreak, they don't see the first outbreak, it may not be as bad. Although typically an individual's first outbreak of herpes is bad and long. There are people who have no, they they contract herpes and they don't have an outbreak for seven, eight, nine years. So how do you prove that it came from this one person? And that's the thing. It, it goes. It, it goes through. You, you go through so much turmoil. Of, you know they, they're going to do discovery on your exes. They're going to go through all that, and it's kind of like, what's the point? At the end of the day, you still have herpes. Yeah. Right. You so, can't. You can't take that away. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't take it away. You no. still have it. Right. So really, people are just grabbing for money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sleep with someone famous who they know has herpes, and then they sue them, and now they right. have herpes and money. And right. <laughs> right. Great. Uh, right. When you do you know who you got it from? I do. Okay. Did do you know. confront the person after you received your diagnosis? I did. How so, that- yeah. So I was 28 years old. I was dating someone, and um, and all of a sudden, I didn't feel right down there. And you go, huh? This is weird. And it got kind of like progressed by the like the minute. You know, it wasn't getting oh, yeah. better, yeah. and you know, I go into the doctor and they just look at me and they're like, well, something's not right. Did you, were you having an outbreak when you went to the doctor? Mm -hmm. So it's the Mm -hmm. easiest time to diagnose an individual is when they're having an outbreak because they can actually swab the lesion, which can for some individuals look like an ingrown hair. It can look like a zit. Um, It can be on an area where you're like, how is this herpes is, I mean, when you shave, you've got razor burn, you've got all these yeah, it can look like a paper cut. It literally yeah. can look like like a like a, just a little tear. And, and as I mean, females, we shave, we wax. Vagina, but honestly, what yeah. I said, who's paper cutting their vagina? But like, right. but yes, but, it looks like a normal lesion, right? Like like a just, but it could be again, like you ha- you know your underwear, or it can you can just sure. during sex you can get little tears. Like it literally mm-hmm. can look just like that. Yeah, it can be, and that's another misconception is it can be anywhere kind of in the boxer region. So it can be below your belly button. It can yep. be on the inside of your thigh. It can yep. be on your hamstring. Yep. It can be, it can be somewhere not on your genitals and you can mm-hmm. go, Oh, I have this little cut. I don't know, below my belly button. That's weird. And not, and yeah. think nothing of it. You wake up with a bruise in the morning and you're not immediately, immediately thinking, Oh, I know where that came from. You're thinking, Oh, that's a weird bruise. I wonder Where'd how that I got come that. from. <laughs> I don't remember where that. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> Exactly. So in my particular case, there was no way of not knowing there was something wrong down there. I mean, there it was Armageddon down there. I mean, didn't didn't miss an area. Like it was it was bad. It was painful. Flu like oh, symptoms. Yeah, oh, it was wow. you had the gamut. Like you had I everything. Did. Oh I wow. Did. So not everyone experiences the flu-like symptoms, the immuno uh issues. You had fever, you had the lesions, you had the tingling, you had the pain, you had the blisters, mm-hmm. you had all of the symptoms. You had a oh, yeah. big, big bad case of herpes right off the bat. Big bad. Yeah, oh, exactly. It was, and it you was went there. right away. You went to the doctor right away. Mm-hmm. And I went right away. And 
And so, you know, they, they die. Well, I'm, you know, you're hopeful it's not that. And so you finally get the phone call two days later that the test results come back and it's positive. And, and in that moment, I literally like everything went slow motion. You know, when those, when, when something happens and you just, you can't, you're, you're operating out of, out of, um, you, you can't think you're just in survival right. mode. Yeah. Right. You just operate out of like normalcy. Like I'm driving a vehicle. I need yeah. to stop the red light. I'm right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can't think. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, my life is over. I'm 28 years old. No one's ever going to love me. I, I, I now have to stay with this guy. I waited a really long time to sleep with him. And, um, we talked about our test results. I got tested right before I got tested specifically for herpes. It was negative. He told me he had been tested and he was negative for everything. Mm. And the thing is, is that on the STI panel, herpes is not included. Right. It's typically just chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. And then if you ask for it, if you ask for it, HIV. So you, mm-hmm. in some states, you actually have to ask for an HIV test. They won't just give it to you automatically. But if you want an HPI, yeah, I know. If it's so common, why don't they just include that in the regular panel? Oh, that doesn't make God. sense to me. Right. Because, because they don't want the aftermath. Because because majority oh. of the people that have herpes don't know they have herpes. Correct. 90% of the people living with genital herpes will never be diagnosed. Yes. Yeah, so, like if you just got tested and included that in the regular panel, then hello. we would know and maybe help decrease so, the spread. So this actually okay. brings me to my first True. question, not to interrupt your story, but it actually yeah. just brought me right to my first question. Why do you think some doctors will say, because I know gynecologists, I've talked to them, I've done massive amounts of research that I bring to the students I talk to about STDs. There are some doctors who will not do an, a herpes panel. They will only diagnose you if you're having an outbreak. If you are not having an outbreak, they will not run testing on you because it costs money. Is there any other reason that you think they are just bypassing this test and just letting individuals live with undiagnosed herpes? Yeah. Well, a couple of reasons. One, herpes, HSV, it doesn't do anything to you. Right. It's not It's not like, you know, chlamydia or gonorrhea that actually have far more detrimental side effects right. than HSV, right? If, if, if chlamydia or gonorrhea go undiagnosed, it can cause infertility and other things. Um, herpes doesn't do anything. So right. be, getting diagnosed, not getting diagnosed, it doesn't change your livelihood. It doesn't change your health. It doesn't change anything. Um, did, did But when you were diagnosed, it did. In your head, you said, no one's ever going to mm-hmm. love me. And that's why I'm going to have to I'm never gonna have kids. I'm never going to have mm-hmm. a relationship. So in your mind, herpes was this nuclear yes. bomb, but in the scientific and the medical world and the way I teach about herpes is this is probably the least impactful mm-hmm. as far as a medical scope of a diagnosis of any of the STIs. It just really sucks socially. It just sucks. Exactly. Socially. Exactly. Right. And it's it for life. Because it's, it's forever. forever. It's forever. It's, it's forever. And it hurts, right? Like syphilis yeah. has sores, but those sores aren't painful, right? So I don't know. Herpes <laughs> has has sores that hurt. Like this mm-hmm. is not 
I always tell individuals, if you're having an outbreak of herpes, herpes, genital herpes, the likelihood of you engaging in sexual activity is pretty fucking low because that's right. a painful fucking experience. I would, right. ima- I would imagine. I right. can't speak to it myself, but I don't think I would. I've had canker sores. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to kiss people when I have canker sores. I couldn't imagine having the aggressive activity of intercourse if I was having canker sores on my labia. Yeah. Right, but here's the thing as mentioning earlier is it's not always on your genitals. So you mm. may have it somewhere oh. else and not realize that happens Ooh. all the time. Interesting. And it's still considered genital herpes, even Correct. if it's like on your thigh or like below your belly button, like you said. Correct. It's still genital I'd, herpes. Crazy. I had I a know friend that. that had oral herpes and she got it on the inside of her nose. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. So what? it's just like in the general like area. The general vicinity of that. Yeah. So like Oral herpes can be in your nose mm-hmm. and your throat. I know that. But genital herpes, I didn't realize that if it was it's on your thigh. Just around the genitals. Just around area. the genitals. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be on your butt. It can be on – it can be really sure. anywhere in that area. And on that that topic of oral herpes, now so many people – because oral herpes is herpes. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's being transmitted to our partners because we have oral sex. And we either maybe have an outbreak or getting an outbreak or the virus is shutting. And so many, so many teenagers and and 20-year-olds, you know, young adults are getting genital HSV-1. They're getting genital oral herpes. Right. So they're getting a transmission of HSV-1, which is typically in the mouth region, mouth and throat. But when they have oral herpes, they're transmitting HSV-1. And now we're seeing individuals have outbreaks of the viral strain HSV-1 on their genitals. Now, correct correct me if I'm wrong, but I've done some research on this. It isn't as common. And when you contract oral or HSV-1 through your genitals, the outbreaks are less frequent and less severe than if you were to contract HSV-2 and get genital herpes that are are trans, transferred through genitals and have genital outbreaks. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. so for some reason, the HSV-1 virus is not as active genitally, and they don't really know why. Um, but but people still get outbreaks, and it is still it's actually extremely common. And in fact it's pretty equal at this point of genital herpes being HSV-1 and HSV-2. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely, extremely common. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, HSV-1 genitally, it just isn't as active. I think it has a lot to do with viral, uh, where the virus prefers to live. Mm-hmm. So I know a little bit about HIV and I know that it lives in T cells and our T cells congregate in our stomachs, um, which is why so many individuals with HIV get stomach cancer and get um, stomach problems. It also can congregate in other areas of our body like breast milk. So that's Mm -hmm. why uh, pregnant women, uh, lactating women are told not to breastfeed because the T cells congregate there. I think that HSV2 and HSV1 are differentiating between the areas in Mm -hmm. which the virus thrives. And so HSV-1 thrives in the oral area, the the nose, apparently, the throat, the mouth, the tongue. HSV-2 thrives in the genital region based on the environment or the heat or uh, the bacteria that lives in that area. Those two viruses thrive differently in those two areas. Am I wrong? Does the viral, the virus hide in your spine? Uh, That is syphilis. 
Oh. No, they they both no both so HSV one oh, really? yeah so the, the HSV virus does live in the spine. Get the fuck out of here! Whoa. Yeah, so it's like dormant, shit. and then when it get right? it, husband. All right, <laughs> right. Shit. And so so HSV one lives kind of down our jaw and our neck area, mm-hmm. so that's could be one of the reasons why sure. it's not as that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it lives in that area, and HSV two lives kind of along the sacrum, kind of a lot like, you know, above. Uh, not the sacrum area yeah yeah our tailbone tailbone that area yeah Yeah, so that's that's kind of where it lives when it's dormant and just hanging out so did you break up with this guy Mm -mm. oh did you marry him no 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 so you eventually eventually broke up with him yeah (laughs) but my self-confidence was so low and i was so i mean i i didn't know what to do Uh uh-huh you know, so I stayed with him and it was not a great relationship. Right. Um, because there was a lot of resentment. There was a lot of distrust. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, just feeling forced because I no longer felt that I had the freedom to choose who I wanted to date. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed with him for two years, which is okay. really a long time to stay with someone when you don't want to be in a relationship. And <laughs> when you hate the person, yeah. Right. A long time to exist right. in a relationship with someone. Right. How, what, what was it like when you started dating again? Like when you started dating your now partner, what was that fear like for you? So I was turning 30 and I thought to myself, okay, I don't want to stay with this guy. I, this is not who I want to marry. This is not who I want to be with. And when I turned 30, I was like trying to get, you know, every, all my ducks in a row, like trying to kick everything into gear. And I just thought, all right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to date. I'm going to have fun. And I don't have to disclose unless I'm going to expose the person to it. So I started looking at kind of Newton's third law. So for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. And I thought to myself, if I don't go on dates, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be asked on dates, right? If I'm not putting Mm -hmm. my energy out there to go out, then I'm not going to be asked out. Right. I also realized that the energy I was putting out was very like dead, (laughs) Very dark, very gloomy, very away from me. Just like, don't come near me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm diseased. Right. Stay away. Right. Like I was, I was in a really dark, dark place. Right. And I just thought to myself, okay, I got to change this. And I, I, I thought to myself, I pretended this is going to sound so silly, but I pretended I was a Care Bear. And as you know, Care Bears like shine, like whatever yeah. their little emblem was. Hell yeah. And I thought, okay. I'm going to shine love to everyone I come in contact with. And if I give that person love, I'm not talking lust. I'm not talking like the love of, you know, like the, the, the love that you would give to a parent. Yeah, sure. Your husband. But I just, I meant like, just like genuine sending this person love. And as I started to do that and do that more and more and more, I started to crack open and I started to kind of shed that, the Eeyore that I was, I was just, Mm. there was no light there. I was just dying on the vine type of person. And I started to shed that. And you became, you you found your, your now husband through dating apps. How'd you find him? No. So we actually worked together. I did a lot of dating before him. So (laughs) I, I, I dated other people. I dated someone for like two years after that. Um, and I dated other people. So the, again, the thing that I think people get held up on is though that they go on a date and they think they have to disclose mm-hmm. and you don't have to disclose if you're not going to expose yourself to this person. So you can right. go out for ice cream, you can go out for dinner, you can go out for breakfast, whatever you're going to go do. 
and have fun and like don't bring that herpes virus with you. Don't feel like it's a chain and ball attached to you and you have to like bring an extra chair to the date and say, okay, my name's Alexandra and I have herpes and it's sitting right here. You know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> so. At what point, at what point do you feel it is necessary to inform a partner? Um, hey, this is something that I deal with on a regular basis. And I just wanted to bring you into the fold. Like when you kiss them, when you are, cause I know that we are, we are going to talk about viral shedding. So right. um, maybe we should talk about viral shedding and then you can talk about at what point you feel like okay. it's necessary to inform right. a partner or a date. Yeah. Um, so viral shedding is something that I'm pretty unfamiliar with, actually. Um, and it's the idea that even when an individual is not having an outbreak of herpes, so even when someone is not showing signs or symptoms of cankers um, on their genital region or their oral region, they can still shed the virus to another person. And I read a crazy fucking statistic that I don't know if I believe, but it said that the majority of HSV2 infections come from viral shedding and not from exposure to a lesion. Can you speak to that? Mm -hmm. Right. So actually 70% of transmissions occur without an outbreak. God so damn it. Wow. That is not something I was, I, I am not prepared for this. What? Mm -hmm. 70. Yes. That's, that's a lot. What? Wow. And 90% of the people with genital herpes are not diagnosed. So you right. have the majority of you have people with herpes. So the majority of the population has herpes. Correct. They don't know they have herpes. Correct. Majority of the people don't get outbreaks. Most people are asymptomatic. So meaning they, they have no symptoms. They don't get outbreaks. Yeah. And this is how it gets transmitted is it gets transmitted via viral shedding. So what viral shedding is, is the virus is dormant in our, in our nerves, in our spine. And it pops up to the area that you're contagious. So if you have genital herpes, it's going to pop up there. If you have oral herpes, it's going to pop up there. Um, and it pops up. Typically, the, the host, the, the person, has no signs, symptoms, itch, tingle, burn, lesion, blister, sore, nothing. So the person does not know that he or she is contagious at this time. They may not even know they're infected. Don't even know they're infected. Correct. So that's why majority of the transmissions occur. Earlier to what you're saying, there's no when you have a, a lesion, like you're in pain, you don't want to have sex. Like you what? don't feel sexy. It's like we have a cold. Like I don't. Yeah, don't there's yeah. nothing exciting here. If I shave my vag and cut, uh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Like cut, bleh, I'm like have a cut on my like labia because I shaved wrong, which is why I sugar now. Thank you very much, Sierra. From <laughs> shout out, uh, shout out to Sierra, unofficial sponsor, Sierra from Sugar. Uh, if I'm shaving and I cut my vag, I'm not having sex for like a week. Right. Like, fuck you and your penis. I get away from me. Like, right. sorry, husband. Have fun masturbating for a week. See you later. Oh, oh. Well, right. sad trombone. <laughs> so if, wait, if a majority of it's coming from viral shedding, how do you like, as someone who has it, prevent that from happening? You can't. Can how you can prevent, you prevent viral shedding? So, so how here's the thing. That? There's other, sometimes shedding can be, you can't have symptoms. So some people can have tingles. They can have an itch. They can have some sort of nerve pain. So if you know hmm. you have herpes and you have just kind of this like itch that won't go away, 
And to, the way I would describe it is it almost feels like a spider is walking on you. Like you just feels like something's on your skin or like something's okay. crawling. But is it always in the same area that you feel this? Like, are you feeling it in the same For general? For me, it is. Okay. For me, it is. Other, everybody's going to be a little bit different. Sure. Sure. Um, and so I know when I have that sensation, I go, oh, okay. That's just the virus trying to pop up, right? It's trying to do something. Okay. okay. So I can either... Um, what, what I typically do is I typically take some supplements. I also put some topical things on it and usually try to nip it so that I don't get the outbreak or if the virus is shedding it, it stops because the, the mm -hmm. tingle can get annoying after a while. Right. Yeah. Um, and the tingle doesn't always mean you're about to have a canker. So, so let me, a canker and, and herpes outbreaks are two different things. So canker sore is, is, is no, I meant not... a canker on your genitals. So like a sore, okay. like a, an out, yeah. like a, I don't a sore canker sore. Yeah. yeah. So if you want, if you have a tingle in your genitals, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're about to have a blister or a sore. Pop up. Okay. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that it can in some cases and it may not in other cases, the longer okay. you've had herpes, the more, like the more you're aware of your body and you're aware sure. of like, Oh yeah, this kind of, Yeah. That's probably it. I'm kind of yeah. run down or I went and, you know, I went and had I ate this thing that typically causes an outbreak. So there's some foods that cause outbreaks for a lot of people Whoa. and things like that. So really wait, what kind of food? Yeah. Go so into foods, that. I know foods that are high in arginine. So arginine is a essential amino acid. It's a, it's a protein that we have to consume for our, for our bodies. Um, it's very, very, Typical, if you're an athlete, you're going to be taking arginine. So it, en it enhances um, athletic performance. It's great for cardiovascular health. It's great for vascular health. Um, a lot of men will take arginine as a natural Viagra. So it's it's found it's and it's something we consume every single day. We cannot not consume it. We can't. Where, where do we find arginine in typical foods? Uh, it's it's pretty much in in all foods. So, oh. but, but the heavy, the heavy, heavy foods would be, um, nuts. Nuts are very high in arginine. Peanuts are very high in arginine. Um, coconut milk and coconut meat are very high in arginine. Chocolate's high in arginine. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. You also have a blog that talks about activities that can increase your risk for an outbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, Exercise? You listed exercise. I know. What so the here's, here's the thing: is I, well, it depends. So, so a friction can cause ah, an outbreak for some people. That makes, sense. That makes a lot okay. of sense. Yeah. 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 So, for example, you know, if if you're you're like chafing that type of you know like that that mm. friction type of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, "Yeah, the the workout pants. Like, as soon as I'm done, I get I change out of them. I can't wear them right. all day." Well, um, you can do that anyways for vaginal health. If you health. Have, if you own a vagina, then you should be changing your workout pants immediately so that you can not get yeast and infections. not staying in your swimming suit. Not staying in right. your swimming suit, right? Not staying in sweaty clothes. If you live in a climate that's wet and moist and humid, you know, change regularly and let the, let that shit breathe, man. Right. Let that shit breathe. Um, so if if individuals are transmitting this more often when they are not having an outbreak. <laughs> At what point in a new relationship do mm -hmm. you think it is vital to inform a partner that you're infected with herpes, either HSV-1 or HSV-2? So again, I would say when you're going to expose this person. So I would look, expose this person to it. So I would look at where's the relationship going? Because 
and where where do you want it to go? So for me personally, I waited until I would go on a couple dates and I would wait until I'm like, okay, this is something that I see going somewhere or I want to be in a relationship with this guy. And so when the time would come up to talk about sex or like you could feel like, you know, like that, that next step was coming is when I would have that discussion. But what about um, making out? Like, or just being next to the person? Like, are you viral shedding when you're making out or just like holding hands or hugging? So if you have oral herpes, you can transmit it orally. Okay. So if you have genital herpes, you can make out all you want. You're not going to transmit it. Okay. So it just depends on where mm -hmm. you have it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, then it depends. If you're going to, if you want to have something super casual, one night stand type of thing, I always tell people like, get right to it. Just tell them like if, if it's yeah, super casual right. and you don't really know the person and just get right to it. If it's someone that you're like, wow, I really like this person or I see that I feel that this is going to be a, a deeper relationship. Wait, just have fun, date, have fun, go out, enjoy that person, see where it goes. And I like to say that you should have this conversation as an umbrella conversation. So there's mm -hmm. no need to lead with I've sinned and you're an angel and I'm going to ask for forgiveness as I disclose to you. <laughs> right? So because right. you, you did nothing wrong, right? Yeah, you were right. you were intimate with somebody, whether that person knew or did not know that yeah. he or she had herpes isn't the point. You no. were intimate with somebody and you got herpes. And your partner has been intimate with somebody before and your partner may or may not have herpes, may or may not know that herpes exists. So I like to use it as a conversation to say, let's talk about our relationship. Because if one person's like, well, I'm monogamously sleeping with you, but I'm also dating these three other people. And the other person's like, no, 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 I'm monogamous and my monogamous, like totally monogamous. Then there's something a little unsettling in that relationship, yeah. right? So use it as an opportunity to say, hey, this is what, where we're at. This is what I want. Do you want the same thing? Are we on the same page? Great. Then use it as an opportunity to talk about, hey, let's get tested or I was recently tested mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. whatever. I was negative for these things, but I am positive for this. Have you been tested? Are you, yeah. you know, so use it as that opportunity just to educate. I love that. Like use a it as an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Like a springboard into another conversation. I wanted to ask you about your kid. So you're married, you have a baby. Um, and I know that you use a lot of natural supplements, which we're going to get to in just a second. But um, when you were pregnant, what was the like status from your doctor? Like as, as far as like how to make sure that you did not pass this virus onto your child? And is there any way that you can protect your unborn child from having uh, a herpes and, and make sure that they don't contract? genital herpes. Right. So this was the first question I asked when I was diagnosed, when I was on the phone, I asked my doctor and I was like, can I, can I have a, a baby? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. Like it's so common. So fast forward, that was, you know, in 2011 when I was diagnosed and I had my son in 2020. So, I mean, that's. <gasps> you had a COVID baby. Ugh, I'm I so did. sorry. Oh man, I'm going to do some research on that COVID baby in a little while. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do a COVID baby research study. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, damn. I Sorry know. you went through that during COVID. Oh, that's I know, a, I know. A whole other conversation. But anyways, so you, <laughs> you had did. your kid in 2020 and when you got pregnant, what did the doctor say? So it was, it's no big deal. I mean, he was like, oh, I see yeah. this all the time. I, yeah. You know, it's it's no big deal. Right. Um, the concern is the transmission during delivery. Sure. And of course, the, the infant at that point has no uh, has no immune system. 
Right. And the bigger concern is getting it into the child's eyes. Mm-hmm. So herpes can also go into your eyes. We, we, we missed that location. It can become ocular herpes. And if it's yep. ocular herpes, you can go blind. Cause blindness. Yeah. Oh, go blind. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just making sure that during delivery, you do not have an outbreak. And my doctor said, Hey, if you don't have an outbreak, if you take the antiviral medication and you, you know, have no signs, no symptoms, you have less than 1% chance of transmitting herpes to your child during delivery. Right. So I looked at that and thought less than 1%, hey, we're good to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other things that can happen during childbirth that are way higher than 1%. So I feel like that's a win. Um, Did you deliver vaginally? I did. I had a vaginal delivery. And, you know, there's millions and millions and millions of mommies that that have vaginal deliveries. Many of them didn't know they have herpes because, remember, people are not diagnosed with it. Many of them don't know. They get their outbreak later on in life. And they're like, where did this come from? So, so it, it, it is something that you can do. I would recommend though, talk to your doctor and, and get on the same page. What do you and your doctor feel comfortable with? And if your doctor is saying something that you don't feel comfortable with, talk to other doctors. If your doctor's like, no, we have to do a C-section and you're like, no, I don't want to do a C-section. Right. That's not my birth plan. I want to make sure my birth plan is honored up until the point that it cannot be any longer. Right. Right get on the same page and, and see how your partner feels. You know, my husband said, Hey, I trust you. Whatever you want to do is, is going to be what's right for our son. And so my, my husband was fine with it. With that being said, my doctor, this is so interesting. He said, look, don't worry. I won't tell your husband you have herpes. Oh, wow. What? Uh Yeah. And I said, no, no, no. The whole world knows it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone and their mother knows it's fine. A YouTube and a podcast. (laughs) Right. Right. Everyone knows, including my husband. <laughs> right. Which, but here's my point is even in a, in a marriage, people are not disclosing to their partners wow, that they yeah, have genital yeah. herpes. Yeah. That's crazy to mm-hmm. me. So the mm-hmm. antiviral can help lower the rate of like the shedding? The yeah. shedding and the transmission. So the antiviral okay. can lessen the transmission rate by 48%. So oh, wow. it, it can... It, it, and it, it also helps with viral shedding. So okay. some people will take that daily. Some yep. people will take it when they have outbreaks. Some people yep. don't get outbreaks often. Some, pe- some it's people just take it person's- when they're pregnant. Some people take it when right. they're in a new relationship. So it's not something that you have to be taking every day. No, but there Correct. are a lot of people who do that have herpes. They take it every day so that they can stay stave off Mm -hmm. outbreaks. They can Mm -hmm. actually reduce the amount of viral load in your body and it can reduce the number of outbreaks that you have. But if you're someone who only gets an outbreak every five years, taking a medication every day may not be on your top 10 list of things to do. If you're someone who gets you, who knows your body and knows your outbreaks, if you get a cold sore, if you get a, a tingle on your genitals, you can start taking Valtrex and reduce the length of time that that outbreak happens, or in some cases, completely stop that outbreak from happening oh, entirely. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So you took antivirals for a while, but you have gotten more into like homeopathic CBD mm-hmm. uh, remedies, not to necessarily like obviously no one's curing herpes. Like that's just not happening at this point in time. Um, Your website, which is so comprehensive, by the way, your website has not only, and by the way, you can go to um, www.lifewithherpes.com. There is areas that you can look at with frequently asked questions. She has a podcast, there's supplements, there's a retreat, which 
is incredible. Um, she also has a secret society. I have a question. Yeah. Why is it secret? Aren't we trying to like end stigma? Why is it a secret? You're right. You're right. Well, when I started it in 2017, every, it was still very, very secret. So sure. we call it the secret society. Okay. So you just didn't, you, you've name branded it and now it's stuck. Okay. Right. Fantastic. All right. Tell us a little bit about the wellness products and how CBD um, can actually help individuals who have herpes. What, what is that about? So the idea behind the CBD, it was the pain. So CBD mm -hmm. helps with pain. And when you have, yeah. you know, the, the sting, the nerve, the nerve pain, um, for example, a lot of people will mistake the sciatica, like they go, Oh, my sciatica down my leg. And I'm like, Oh, you probably um, have herpes. Whoa, <laughs> like, I know. I that. That's so interesting. Shit. Yeah. I Cause it lives that... down in your fucking coccyx in your tailbone. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of times the nerve pain, people will use it for that. Um, a lot of times people will use it just to like calm down. So we put it in our products because it definitely it does it does help. It helps with the pain. It it, mm -hmm. it definitely soothes and it fights it. It makes it, you know, maybe from, you know, not so manageable to manageable. Sure. I'm more of a holistic side. I, I like to do everything I can to naturally feel my body and naturally take mm -hmm. care of things and less of taking the antiviral drug. So things that I'll do, I'll take lysine. So we talked about arginine being that essential amino acid that that feeds the herpes virus. It actually mm -hmm. helps um, with the replication of the virus. Yeah. The the opposite side, it's called L-lysine. It's, it's also an essential amino acid. It helps. It's very good for our tendons, tendon repair. It's great. Wow. It helps us metabolize other um, minerals and nutrients. Um, so it's also something that's in all of our food. Not every single food we consume, but it's in our foods as well. And so I'll take lysine supplements. So if I take okay. those daily, I can help kind of negate. So if I, for example, have, you know, a big a piece of peanut butter cake or something, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get an outbreak, I'll take extra lysine supplements or I'll use uh, topical products that have essential oils and CBD in them to help topically, um, with the area. So if I feel any prodrome symptoms, which prodrome just means that the symptoms of a herpes outbreak. If I feel that mm -hmm. coming on, I, I pull out, um, my products and I, I put it on there and usually I'm good to go. What essential oils are good for, um, for herpes outbreaks or for individuals who have herpes who maybe want to use, uh, more essential, more unnatural, uh, products for their herpes outbreak? So tea tree oil is very good. That that's like anti everything, right? It's like antiseptic, yeah. antiviral, anti, -viral, mm -hmm. anti yeah fungal anti it has every anti in there mm -hmm. yeah um, <laughs> it's just a big anti um that one's great it also really helps with with skin it, it helps uh with mm -hmm. with improving your skin um there's other ones like peppermint the peppermint uh oil and the virus don't totally Man. get along i uh, yeah i i use peppermint oil when i have headaches i put it right on my temples uh -huh. it's a beautiful thing. I put pepper peppermint oil on my mosquito bites and it stops them from itching. Right. So, um, I don't know if I necessarily would put peppermint oil on my vagina. Right. So I'm not yeah, sure maybe, that would work. Uh, what, how do you use these oils? Are you using them in like a pill form? No. So, so topically, so, uh, with my wellness products that I've created, they're, mm -hmm. they're mixed in with other types of carrier oils, whether it's, gotcha coconut oil or olive oil or whatever. So, okay. um, they're diluted. Yeah. You don't want to put them directly on. Yeah, that would be a, a bad mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Because you can burn the skin and then you got a right. burn and an outbreak and that's not fun. No. Um, so yes. 
I have a question. We have a question from yeah. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> from from me <laughs> sitting here. Um, I was wondering, since like you got diagnosed and have been, mm -hmm. you know, living with it for a while, how has this like kind of changed or made better your relationship with your body? Ooh. Oh, huge. That's a great question. Because at the time I thought I was healthy, but I, I wasn't. I, again, I also was 28. So we have to remember too, at 28, you're still pretty invincible and you're pretty nimble yeah. and you can recover. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> right. you, you can, can drink recover. as much as you want. God, you I will go out and do whatever you want. I woke up on my 30th birthday and went, why does everything hurt? And then, and then I woke up on my 40th birthday and went, not only does everything hurt, but everything throbs and tingles and screams. Like it's yeah. awful. You drink like right. a couple glasses of wine ah. and you're like fucking hungover. Ah. Right. right. Exactly. But what what I I went on a very natural path. So I thought oh. I was I was healthy and thought I was natural and I realized I was not at all. So I went I started things like acupuncture to help mm. with herpes outbreaks. At the time I had really bad acne. And so acupuncture helped with that as well as my outbreaks. Um, I started cleaning up my diet, getting rid of, you know, any of those foods that are just like, that just, there's no nutrient value in it. One of the I things mean, I- Doritos? I, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I thought to myself, if I were pregnant, would I eat this if I were pregnant? And if the answer Ooh. was no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consume it. Interesting. So interesting. I'm yeah. feeding. I am feeding a fetus. Right. I'm. I'm growing a human being. Would I feed this growing human being Doritos and Oreos? Maybe, right. but probably not. <laughs> right. Right. So I just started on that, and and as I continue down the line, you know, now I'm in my 40s, and I've gotten even healthier and even cleaner, and and you know, take better care of my body. Like you said, you just things hurt if you don't. So, yeah, I've definitely gotten very clean and healthy with that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us a little bit. So did you notice any increased outbreaks during COVID or did you notice any change in your herpes? Um, did, did you like avoid going out? I know that like, uh, when you have herpes, you know, you want to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to something that could maybe t tarnish your immune system because your immune system plays a huge role in your herpes outbreak, right? So if your immune system is compromised, if you get a cold, if you get the flu, if you get any sort of illness, your immune system is struggling to fucking deal with that. So right. it may not be able to keep your viral herpes in check. So did you make any modifications during like lockdown or during COVID? Well, I had just had a baby, so I was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was also like on the, the baby thing. But yeah. but I, I don't – no, I don't recall being any – having any concern like having herpes with COVID. I, I've had COVID. I never got herpes outbreaks when I actually had – Right, oh, which is interesting. That's wow. fascinating, actually. Have you ever gotten like a cold and then had an outbreak? So for, for whatever reason, being sick doesn't cause me to get herpes outbreaks. Oh, but for okay. most people, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, God, herpes is so crazy that it reacts. It's so, indivi like, it's yeah. so individualized. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get, I'm going to say this in the intro and the outro, but it, it is literally this is one person with herpes story right. because there are so many different strains of herpes mm -hmm. and those strains react differently based on your biology, um, based on your immune system, based on your activity level, based on your 
your genetics. Like mm -hmm. there's just right. some people may have herpes and literally never have an outbreak. Some people might be exposed to herpes and never contract it because they're actually immune to that strain of herpes. Like it's right. crazy how varied herpes is from person to person. Right. Exactly. Like my husband doesn't have herpes, you know, he's exposed to it. Yeah. He doesn't have it and he gets tested and he's negative. Yep. So at, for me, what causes my outbreaks is, is typically if I have like adrenaline going through my body. So if I'm stressed, mm. if mm. I have, you know, I was working on my master's and, and the times that I'd have essays due and, and I'm a mom and I got to go pick my son up and then we got mm. swim lessons and it's like, mm -hmm. if I got to write this essay and you're just yep. trying that type of stress would, that causes an outbreak for me. Other it people, it is yeah. interesting that you have acne too, because it, it, I, I talk to students and I'm like, look, the things that make you break out are also the things that could cause herpes. Like right. it, it's literally along the set, like proms coming up, big date coming up, mm. big essay, big final. Like imagine you get the biggest zit of your life stressed. because you're stressed. If you have herpes, prepare for an outbreak of herpes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we do something on this show called the stat of the day. And and my two humans here don't know the answer to this and neither do you. I hope I, I had to, I went through your website with a fucking fine tooth comb and you have every statistic I was going to drop except this one. Uh oh. So I'm hopeful that I can maybe stump you a okay. tiny bit, but you are an expert. So I, maybe I won't. So the statistic of the day, um, and I'm not going to let my other two answer because they're going to answer in the intro. I just want you to answer. But herpes simplex two mm -hmm. has been around for how long? Hmm. How many years? And I will give you a hint. It's a big number. So I called Salk Institute. God damn it. You know the answer. <laughs> so, uh, she's got all the bases covered. So I called Salk Institute. And for those of you that are listening, like what's Salk Institute? So Salk Institute is part of University of California, San Diego. And Jonah Salk developed the vaccine to polio. So the Salk family has this big viral. Yeah. They're, they're into viruses over there. They are. <laughs> yeah. They like viruses. And so I, I called a professor or a scientist, I don't know his exact, he had, a, it was a doctor of some sort. And I asked him, I said, you know, who's the asshole responsible for herpes? Patient zero. Right. Like who's the asshole? Who's the guy? Who do you I know? have to talk to? Who do I right. have to like, slap? Where Just do we go back? Right. Was it some colony? Was it like, what happened? You know, right. Was it, right. Right. And, and he said, Alexandra, Every living vertebrate has herpes. Yeah. Dolphins have herpes. Yeah. Dogs have herpes. Cats Ostriches. have herpes. I Ostriches. just learned about a lion who died because a uh, cheetah gave, or a zebra. A lion died because he got zebra herpes. So Fuck. I literally <laughs> did so much research on herpes. Wild. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. So, give, my, so give me your guess then. My answer you... is, he, he said since, since, Man has been on earth was what he oh, said. Wow. It's been here since we've been here. It's just, it's, it goes hand in hand. Give me a number. You have to give me a number. Well, it would obviously be AD. No, BC. I mean, it obviously be mm -hmm. BC. I, I don't know. Let's just go Adam and Eve. Give me, give me a number. It's Adam's many, fault. How many okay. years? How yeah, many it, has, years? it can't be so Eve's I fault. think the question should be. <laughs> so, so I, I don't even know what... 
BC starts with. Are you I don't even know. What the first documented? I'm asking how many X amount of years can we trace herpes back to? So yeah. let's let's just Leah. say let's just say <laughs> million five hundred BC. Okay. Okay, 500 BC. Okay, I got it. I can take a number from that. And then don't worry, because when you listen to this episode, you're going to hear the intro, you're going to hear their answers. And then the outro, I give the actual answer. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Um, so, Alexander, before we uh, head out, I want you to plug uh, some things uh, for me. So, tell us a little bit about your website. Tell us a little bit about your blog and your podcast. How can people find you? And what will they find there that is helpful? for them. So when I was diagnosed in 2011, it was very, very sterile. The diagnosis was very sterile. The paperwork was very sterile. Mm -hmm. you, you could Google it and you could go to Planned Parenthood. You could go to the CDC and that was it. There was a WebMD and that was it. And again, it was just a few bullet points and it just made you feel like the statistic. It made you feel very alone and very isolating. And so my goal was to make it so that it no longer felt that way. I didn't want people to just look up a statistic here and there. My goal with life with herpes was to be able to support people who are living with herpes, to make it colorful, to make it happy. We feel that when we're diagnosed that we are no longer, our happiness is taken from us and that's, that's not true, right? You're, you have to go find it again. You have to, you have to work with it, mm -hmm. but I wanted that to be portrayed in the work that I do. So I wanted that to, 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 to show through on lifewithherpes.com in my podcast on my YouTube channel. And I've been doing this since 2017. So I have thousands and thousands of videos on YouTube. I think I release like two or three a day. So there's thousands of videos on there. Yeah. yeah. And you've got um, TikTok, right? Yeah. TikTok, I was looking at some TikTok. of your videos. TikTok, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. So whatever your, your vice is, there is something there for you. And, and again, my idea was to make it uh, a place where you can go, okay, this is where I'm going to thrive. This is where I'm going to survive. This is where right. I'm going to live. Not a, you know, very sterile feeling judge me, judge, judgment-y website. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's one of the most beautifully crafted. I've never seen a website like it for anyone oh, who's you. diagnosed with an STI. I've literally, it's so welcoming and so kind and so, um, approachable and easy to understand and navigate. And it's life with herpes, um, com. There is so many blogs. There are so many videos that she has on YouTube. Uh, so many podcasts that she has where she talks about different aspects of herpes, how you can contract it, what makes it come out faster, the history of herpes, um, the longevity, like the different statistics about who has herpes. I mean, it's you cover everything in this website. And you're, you have a podcast as well called Life with Herpes. Mm -hmm. Everything's Life with Herpes. Everything is Life with Herpes at this point. So, <laughs> yes. uh, so I just am absolutely 
so entirely grateful that you came and shared all of this wealth of knowledge about herpes, made it seem super approachable and easy to digest. Um, anyone out there who is questioning whether or not they may have herpes, go get tested, go to your doctor, be an advocate for yourself. Tell them you want to do um, a viral load count. You want to see if you have the herpes simplex virus that you've, if you've been exposed to it. Um, and if you feel that tingle, if you feel something's a little off, if you see a cut, if you see a lesion, if you see anything that looks like a canker, if you see anything that looks like a sore on your genitalia, get yourself to the doctor, get yourself tested, get yourself swabbed. Um, there's also resources on Alexandra's website as to how you can get tested um, online, right? How you can get a diagnosis mm -hmm. even online without having to physically go to the doctors, correct? Yep, correct. Yeah, correct. it's you have you've changed the game when it <laughs> comes you. to herpes. So I, I feel like I'm talking to like the expert of herpes right now, which is amazing. I've learned so much I've today. I've learned so much yeah, and I'm seriously. upset with myself. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh God. All right. We appreciate you so much, Alexandra. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, join us. We'll be right back to wrap up the episode. you enjoyed that interview with Alexandra. Uh, she is the founder of lifewithherpes.com. She has a podcast. Uh, she also um, has an amazing website that you can check out um, for anything that you have as far as questions about having herpes, what it's like to live with herpes. I wanted to just touch upon a couple quick things um, that we did talk about in the episode that I wanted to expand on. One of those is this idea that herpes is um, an umbrella term. And I don't really think we got into it too much with Alexandra, but um, herpes isn't just cold sores and genital sores. Herpes is also chicken pox. So if you've ever had the chicken pox or shingles, you have the herpes virus already living in you. That's another reason doctors don't necessarily want to do these blood tests is because it recognizes the herpes virus. But if you have the chick, like I would come back positive for the herpes virus because I've had chicken pox. Oh. I had chicken pox when I was eight years old. It ruined a Halloween. It was awful. Um, Not Halloween. It did. I was supposed to be a witch. Oh, I was pissed. God. I had green makeup. I had a nose. Didn't I had a bruise. People used to do like fucking 
chicken pox parties? Like they did, yeah. Why? Yeah. 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 Because you wanted your kid to get it because well, there was no vaccine. To, there was no vaccine for it when yeah. we were growing up. And you don't want it as an adult. As an adult, it's deadly. So getting chicken pox Still? Yeah. Oh shit. Oh no, it's fucking bad. Getting chicken pox as an adult can kill you. Oh, so geez. getting it as a kid, it, it just that deep. Yeah, it just sucks. Watch the South Park episode on <laughs> chicken pox. Oh god. <laughs> nice plug. Unofficial yeah. sponsor, South Park. Yeah. Um so they and then they came out with a vaccine for it, so nobody had to have these chicken pox parties anymore. But yeah, people used to say, "My kid has chicken pox. Who wants to come over? <laughs> Just expose come on all over. Come on over. Uh, funny story about chicken pox. I this is going to tell you a lot about me as a human being um, and my fear of letting people down. I was eight and I woke up and took my own shower in the morning to and walked myself. Nobody was home. Everybody was gone. I took a shower. Made myself toast. Um, but when I got out of the shower, I didn't feel very good. And I looked down and I was covered in pox. Oh. And I was so scared that I was going to get in trouble. My mom was going to be so mad. And so I went to school with a fever. I didn't feel good. Like I had the chicken pox. Oh, like, no. Felt like shit. I went to school for a week. Oh, with the chicken pox. Like, and it started to slowly creep Dude. down to other parts of my body. And then one day my dad, Wayne, woke me up because um, he was going into work a little later. And he was like, Ashley. And he, I opened my eyes and I was like, what? And they were on my face and they hadn't been on my face yet. And uh. so he was like, let me see. And like, he lifted up my shirt and he was like, they've scat. How long have you had this? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And so he took me to the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, she's had this for like a week and she's probably gone through the worst of it. And he's like, you went through this by yourself. And I was like, I didn't want to get in trouble. But you helped oh. out humanity because you probably, <laughs> I probably gave it, it to every kid in my class. Oh, right. <laughs> oh my God. And then I had to miss Halloween because I was still contagious. And so it was awful. I was really sad. Yeah, I Do you remember what you I... were that year? Sorry. I was going to be you... a witch. <sighs> Cute. I couldn't put the makeup on though because I had oh, chicken no. pox all over my face and I couldn't get any makeup into the chicken pox. Speaking of itchy, fuck. What were you, when did you? I was just going to say, I, ha I got my chicken pox when I was probably like nine or 10 and I was in Seattle visiting my, my family, you know? And I think that was one of the years Ugh. that I spent the entire summer up there. But yeah, that knocked a, it was like nice and warm outside. Oh, like God. My cousins were like going and doing cool stuff. And you're I, fucking incubated in a bedroom by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Covered in calamine lotion. Yep. I had oven mitts so that I wouldn't <gasps> scratch the... I, I have like three scars on my arm from the chicken oh, pox. Geez. Anyways, chicken pox is a form of herpes. I just want everyone to know the reason so many people have this virus is because it is literally everywhere. Yeah. If you have shingles, if it's you have everywhere. canker sores, it's a form of right. herpes. Like herpes is everywhere. So yeah. please don't feel Normalize like, it. Exactly. Normalize it. Your life isn't over. Yeah. Yeah. It's just social people stigma that people love need to get over. What's that statistic again? How many people have it? Seventy-five percent of people have oral herpes. Yeah, and fifty percent of people have genital herpes. Right. I don't even know what the number That's of crazy. people like. I think like something like ninety percent of the population has been exposed to some kind of herpes. Right. Yeah. Like it's I'm assuming you everywhere. Can get, yeah, you can have both. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. you can have both, yeah. Speaking of statistics, let's go ahead and tell you the uh, answer to the statistic of the day. Um, oral herpes has been around longer mm. okay. than genital herpes. Damn it, then I'm wrong. By about half. So genital herpes has been around for about 1.4 million years. Wow. wow. I'm so glad you changed yours from billion to million. I know, I know. <laughs> I was, I was really, like, excited about it. I'm sorry. 6.7 billion. Over me, me and I fucked that one. We, <laughs> no, 
No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. She fucked it more. She said okay. 2,000 years. Look. So, yeah. I mean, it's been around no, way okay. longer. Way, way longer. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to kind of touch a little bit upon what Valtrex is. So Valtrex is the antiviral drug that individuals who are diagnosed with both genital and oral herpes can take on a regular, consistent basis. Oh, you have to be with both? No, no. Oh, either one. Either or. You oh. get prescribed the same medication okay. either right. way. Um, so if you have oral herpes, you can take it, let's say, when you start to feel the tingle on your lip or when you feel like you might be getting a cold sore, you can start to take Valtrex and it helps your body fight off the virus and can reduce the length of time that the virus is active in your body and reduce the amount of time that the outbreak takes place. If you are someone who gets an outbreak regularly, so let's say you get them randomly once every six to nine months, mm -hmm. you may not want to take a daily antiviral medication uh, because taking medications every day is arduous. It's expensive. Um, taking medications every day anyways is, is not super great for your health. I mean, you really, if you don't need it, you shouldn't take it. You're not supposed to take Tylenol every day just to yeah. prevent a headache. Like yeah. that's just not something you're supposed to do. But if you're someone who gets cold sores or genital sores regularly, taking Valtrex every single day can actually slow the growth of the virus in your body. And they actually use Valtrex now on kids who get chickenpox. Oh, really? To actually speed up the healing process of the time that a person has the outbreak of chickenpox. It's basically, really it's basically getting a cold sore right. on your entire body. Oh, yeah. fuck, man. Dude, chickenpox was a bitch. Yeah. Like legitimately a bitch. Um, so Valtrex is definitely not for people who have like immuno disorders. So if you have HIV, you may want to talk to your doctor before you take Valtrex um, and take it exactly how it is prescribed to you. Start taking it after you start seeing symptoms such as tingling or burning or blisters. Um, if you start taking it anytime after that, it may not be as effective for you. And some herpes infections need to be treated for longer. So you don't want to skip these doses. You want to make sure you take it as your doctor tells you to take um, to take it. So Valtrex is a great option for individuals who have uh, outbreaks that they can track or who have outbreaks that are more frequent. And then as Alexandra said, there are alternative medicines. There are, are um, lotions um, that you can help sort of reduce the antiviral uh, properties um, in that area. Tea tree oil, peppermint oil, please do not put these oils directly on your body. No. Uh, make sure they have a carrier oil like jojoba oil or coconut oil to dilute the properties of them. I pour peppermint oil on my head directly to make my hair smell like peppermint and sometimes it burns so bad. One time, do you remember when we were with Tommy and Candy and we were camping and I had a headache? And Candy gave me her peppermint roller for her headaches and I was sweating and the peppermint got oh. in my oh, eyes. Oh, no. And I started screaming and poor <sighs> Tommy was driving and Candace was like, pull over, pull over. And I was like, my eyes, my eyes. Oh, no. A la Phoebe from Friends. And I literally jumped out of the car and ran down to the Levining River yeah. and like threw water in my face. Like, you had some good, we've got some good stories. We some great camping stories. Like, like when we were listening to music and you had your brand new iPhone and we got up to Levining. <gasps> And it was 1 a.m. and we were about to pull into a camping spot. And then we stopped, we got back in, and we started driving again. And then all of a sudden, the music stopped on the Bluetooth in the truck. And we're like, why did the music just stop? It kind of faded and crackled out. And then Ashley's like, where's my fucking phone? 
and we, we went back, back and found the phone which on the Tommy ground. had ran over. He had ran over with the trailer of the truck. Shit. My so brand, her brand new, like I got literally. Two days before. Oh, it was a brand no. new $2,000 iPhone. She completely, I couldn't even turn it on. Yeah. Completely gone. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> 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 Not as rough as herpes. <laughs> so there's that. Um, again, I don't want this episode to come across as anything except a way for people to understand that this is so fucking common and also it doesn't ruin your life. So make sure if you do feel um, any sort of shame or stigma, visit Alexandra's website. Talk to people who have this, who've had it for a while. Find yourself a group of individuals who understands. Talk to your doctor. Most importantly, talk to your partner. Uh, because they also need to be aware of what's taking place um, and their risk as well. Uh, but in addition, they're your biggest support system. So make sure you're talking to your partner about this. Um, and then get tested for all STIs, especially if you're experiencing symptoms. If I can say anything, it is get tested regularly, minimum once a year, if you are sleeping with more than one person um, or if you are having unprotected sex with multiple partners, get tested multiple times per year. Uh, you never know when you're going to catch um, a virus on a day that it has an outbreak um, and you'll be able to then start taking better care of your body um, and taking care of that virus um, or that illness as best as you can. Really be responsible for yourself and the behaviors that you engage in, especially when it comes to sex. The sex is a risky behavior. It's a fun behavior. So is driving. <laughs> <laughs> driving's risky. So is sex. Make sure that you are taking every precaution to be safe for yourself and safe for your partners, safe for your future partners and safe for your future children. If you're going to have them, um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, let you know, you can find Alexandra, um, at www.lifewithherpes.com. Um, check her out. Give her a follow. Check out her podcast if you are interested in hearing more about her journey. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for being on this episode with us. We really appreciated your story, your candid um, story, your candid words, and all your amazing statistics. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find us at What's Your Position Podcast at Instagram. Uh, you can email us, What's Your Position Podcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 513-6969-6. Uh, thank you, everyone who called us recently to save our phone number from being turned off. We really appreciate you. <laughs> thank you. So much. Thank you. Uh, make sure you like, follow, download, and share with your friends. Guys, we're almost at 100,000 or 10,000 followers. I was just Holy about crap. to mention that. We're almost you at 10,000 yeah. on Instagram. So so tell your friends to follow us because when we get to 10,000, we're going to have a fucking party. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for your continued support. We really, really appreciate you so much. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.
What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Please, please go.